And now for the podcast. Webs are flowing out my wrist and sticking to this sequel. They crawl slowly as they thwip their way across the Spider-Verse. Not all podcasts wear capes. All right, there we go. That's John, it. John Good Lennon enough. died for Nice this. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Paul McCartney is still alive to hear it. Paul, yeah, Paul, if and, you're listening. As, as is Ringo, oh, who's right? across, Whose song is Across the Universe? That's that's John's song. That's John, yeah. yeah it's, it's, but, it's you know, John? I thought it was the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, but he wrote the song, and he sang the lead on it. Well, right. Even though it says Paul, Paul they, McCartney they and John co, Lennon, they get it's very specific. For all of those. But, but T, wrote, right. T spent the last like 10 minutes writing that little jingle on his own. So uh, good yeah. job, T. He did. That he did. All right. So, um, hi, I'm T. That's Spade. Say hi, hello, Spade. Hello, everybody. And La Ciguapa herself, Ariani. Hey. Hi. Yeah, don't use her last name, remember. Yeah, oh, yeah I know, right? Some unnecessary <laughs> drama. I know. No. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, hey, Spade, uh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, one of the best movies of the year that, that came out so far. Surprise, it's another Spider Man movie. Ariani, we know how much you love Spider Man movies, so, uh, you know. They're well, the best, and they continue to be the best. I I, okay, I so, did love so this movie. Spade, there has a name. Does the movie have a oh, name? Right. Sorry. Yeah. If you don't know, <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the animated sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, uh, which is one of the best Spider-Man movies as well. Did I cover the bases? Yeah. I'll I'll say I'll say right now the, the they're the best Spider-Man movies, for sure. Um, and this one was astonishing amazing to watch we didn't watch it together sadly no our schedules didn't line up but be- before we get into the new movie let's uh let's do like a two minute recap on into the spider-verse because we never talked about it on the podcast it came out like right before t and i started the podcast you're killing me smalls how am i gonna, I'm gonna like, remember into the well, uh let's let's just give a, a brief run of, right so ariana you think it's one of the best spider-man movies right into the spider-verse i think as if i had to rank them I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. But like, Spy- into the Spider Verse is one or two, depending on the day that you wanna you wanna check with me. Or this one, this might this one might be number one, honestly. But but I I loved Into the Spider Verse. I think it it really took people by storm when it came out. Yeah, but people didn't have high expectations for it. There wasn't a lot of. Um people didn't know what it was going to be. Oh, an animated film. There's all kinds of animated superhero content all the time. Well, plus it also being a Sony production, not something strictly from Marvel. You know, and it's just like, okay, Sony is once again milking Spider-Man for profit. It was so good that no one, it, people had to kind of like eat crow. To be fair, the last good Sony Spider-Man movie before Into the Spider-Verse was Spider-Man 2. I mean, there wasn't anything in between Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse that I would consider really a good Spider-Man movie or Spider-Man adjacent property. I'm sorry, Ariane. Could you say what you said again? I was checking my my levels and things like that. What was your point again? You you just said, what were you talking about? Oh, no, that people just kind of had to like, you know, eat their words because when Into the Spider-Verse came out, you know, people couldn't really say anything about it. It was that good. People were very skeptical about it, 
and then it just kind of proved everyone wrong. I mean, eat their words. I didn't know that there was any hate going into it, right? Not hate. It's not hate. It's just that people were just being like, okay, another Spider-Man movie. Like, we need another one, really? But then... I, I, see, because when, when it's animated, I feel that, like... It just gets passed off as a kid's thing. Right. And, and it, that, and it's kind of like, oh... This isn't a full budget kind of story. What we're doing is an animated thing, which is of a lesser tier in storytelling and things like that. Because there's, I mean, there's a lot of good animated stuff, obviously, but like, but like you, they kind of get a pass, and it's not like as Ariane as you say, prestige. And then all of a sudden, you know, not a lot of people went to see Into the Spider Verse in the in the movies that kind of critical acclaim and it's kind of thing built over it got time a lot of word and it's been and I, right it and it won, was and it won five the years five it's five years ago it's a long time ago it won the show. oscar for best animated movie that year so it beat out yeah. disney and pixar um and i think that's the first sony pictures animation that one the animation style though was so inventive and you, there was really nothing like that regardless of story and how good the actual movie was which it is great but just in terms of the visuals and i'm going to give a pushback right there on on your spade because i think it's not as clear cut as that i mean i i think that the animation style does all these innovative things and broke new grounds in terms of frame rates and the different characters having different frame rates and all the things and unbelievably beautiful visuals. But what it does, the original and this one too, what it does is it understands that that innovative like kitchen sink animation that they're doing enhances the story. It, It really is part of that it's not like cgi versus story they're 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 embedded married together so intrinsically into the the visual the heart the storytelling the plot of the film It, it 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 does exposition for us it communicates all these kind of things and it it does everything and every intricate part and and um it was another podcast that said something like, they really think about these two films. They really sat down and considered every little piece of everything that goes in there and what the implications of every little piece they put in there. And this is really why the film works. I think that only in a multiverse tale does this over the top, let alone spinal top turning into 11, like you said, turning into 11,000 or something that you said to me, Spade, that it could only work in like a multiverse story because it's like, it's so out, you know, it, not that it couldn't work, but it would be really difficult to do this. Every character has their own animated style. Right. Um, and, and that's one of the questions I think about, you know, could could they do this to a Miles Morales film that was just a street level thing? Well, they're talking about a live action Miles Morales movie, right? That that's right, on, right, on, the, but, on the works now. 
But I'm saying the animation style. I'm saying it's right. specifically the animation style and what the animation innovations and things bring to the plot, the story, the characterization, the mise-en-scene, the everything. Well, well, you know what? I will find out in a couple of months because the, the Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out at the end of the summer seems to be in this animation style. The The Puss in Boots movie, the Puss in Boots movie that came out was kind of also similar. Not completely in the same way that the new Ninja Turtles is, but they kind of leaned into like that that stylized animation as well. Well, because they he was in different realms, right? Because he was like in hell or in like a forest, right? And it was like all these different. I did not see Puss in Boots, but I I, I know oh, what you. Oh, you're yeah. talking like you saw it. That's why, because I'm like it, it's not really. I know, the... no, but I've seen the animation on it, and I'm like, well, I remember when I saw the trailers too. I was like, wow, this does not look like the other Shrek movies. I was like, this is a very different stylized kind of animation that they chose to do for this movie, and you can tell it's a Spider Verse effect. And people have been talking about how Spider-Verse has had this effect on animation since it came out. Much as it should. Yeah. As it should. It pe- should. It, it, it literally, it's people trying to like catch up to their levels. Because when people saw that in the right. industry, it it's like a paradigm shift. And then all of a sudden, right. everybody wants to replicate that style. Agreed. Now that we've seen this one, to me, it seems like Into the Spider-Verse was like, let's see what's possible. And then with this one, it's like, okay, now we know that that's possible. Let's just, like I was saying to the UT, we're just going to go to 11, but in this case, it's 1,100. Like, it's kind of like what they did with... Um, for the fences with everything. With, have you played Breath of the Wild, Spade? Yeah. It's like what they've done with Breath of the Wild versus Tears of the Kingdom. Because that one just came out, and Breath of the Wild is an amazing game. It almost feels like it's a test run for this new game that just dropped. So here's my point. I'm going to jump in back to Ninja Turtles really quick. So yes, I saw the trailer for Ninja Turtle. The 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 visuals are really cool and it's loose and it's very animatory, painterly. But I don't think it's fair to compare it to Spider-Verse because it would be as if Miles jumped into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle-verse for a few seconds and sees that kind of animation style and then he's out somewhere else. Well, so th- the Teenage the Mutant Ninja Turtle style is, yeah, it's like only would be like like a small slice of the pie of this movie. Right. You know what well, I mean? You were, you were saying how the animation style only works in a multiversal story, right? Yeah. Right, right, So right. with the Turtles, it, I'm we're no, not going to get I'm a ask, multiverse, I'm, I'm asking the question, can, can this kind of hectic marrying of all these different kind of animated styles and things like that work in any other like all of a sudden have a scene in lego work in any other type of like non multiverse kind of thing is it's a question i'm proposing it's not right and i guess what i was the point i was trying to get at is no because i think with ninja turtles we're just going to get that style for the whole movie and which is gorgeous which oh, yeah, is go- no, no, it looks I'm not gorgeous it, it looks at all. gorgeous it yeah, looks yeah, great yeah. Uh, i'm you know super excited to see that my kids are pumped um you know definitely going to be our, our next trip to the movies but um you know we'll have a litmus test i guess is what i'm saying of to be able to compare the two of how it's one style for basically an entire movie versus the blending of everything that we got in across the spider verse you guys fall asleep on me? No. I'm just gonna look for the crickets. Crickets? <laughs> no, are you going to the south? I should be looking for the crickets. You didn't. You're the no, one no. that stopped. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I don't know. It's like no one was talking. So let's make fun of tea. I fell asleep. Oh yeah. 
I fell asleep during the big action scene, just like in like almost at the same point and in the same kind of way as in Shang Chi. You know, Shang Chi. Well, you know what? See, it might be the writer because the guy who wrote Shang Chi also had a hand in this. Really? Yeah. Well, I I, I got had a it. different problem. I had a different problem where like, I think. I think I saw something or read something that this is the longest feature animated movie made. I think it's yeah, like, that's, two that's hours, true. 20 minutes. So this is the longest animated movie made. Um, and I needed to use the bathroom so bad. I had to pee. I was bursting. I had to get up. And so I went and I came back as quick as I could. And when I got back, it was like literally the end of the movie, basically. I was just like, oh, I could have held it for like another five minutes i'm not saying i mean i hopefully listeners i didn't mean to sound like um uh uh i fell asleep because any quality of the movie i was fighting to stay asleep. it was, it was you know, a great movie i i i um uh probably could have they could have cut a little bit um you know if i want to be nitpicky but like um um i just i just you know young kids and five hours of sleep a day and all of a sudden I'm in a dark room. It's lights out. It's, it's, and, I, and I went to, and I went to, and I went to a matinee and yeah, I You're beating out. yourself up though, because when, when we talked about it and you said, yeah, I fell asleep. And then you started describing like where you sleep and when you woke up, I think it was literally probably like 30 seconds to like maybe a minute yeah. where, that you actually like fell asleep. So I wouldn't yeah, even but there was uh, there was a good ten minutes of me fighting, falling asleep, and things yeah. like that. So it just kind of like one of those things where I nodded off for a couple of seconds here and there. Yeah. All right, but f- fifteen minutes into the podcast, let's uh, actually talk about the movie. So, yeah. Ariana, you you think it's one of the best? T, where where do you land on it? I I mean I got, I'm gonna be fair. I'm gonna just see it again. I think that it's not a complete story. So that's gonna we give got a part one. Right. Right. It doesn't like give us a cliffhanger wrap up like empire strikes back or something like that it's very much like right in the middle of something sopranos ending it feels like it's cut in the middle and cut in the middle cut in the middle of something and and i said you know just a few seconds ago i said well you know they could cut some things but the things they would cut are the things i like the best like those meandering scenes with uh with gwen in her universe with the like the drippy watercolor dark pastels kind of like the dark pastels does that make sense not really um, you know <laughs> the watercolor painted uh, background I mean, it's they, okay they, they it's described a, it, it. i saw an interview where they described the universe as like a mood ring you could see the colors changing depending on like the feelings and the tone and everything in the scene which i thought was cool well you could say postmodern, and that makes sense even though you know modern is you can't be after modern right because it's modern time so See, whatever don't, don't, it's don't, just don't na- it na- i'm just naming something i'm being poetic yeah. i'm being poetic i'm being poetic but like you know that those scenes with her father and that kind of thing and and like long scenes with miles talking to you know his parents you know and that's 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 i mean my favorite scene my favorite scene is um uh miles talking to his dad as 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 spider-man there after they the the spot beats himself up right um and they're there talking and then miles dad opens up you know it's a very marvel comics spider-man i mean kind of thing you know what i mean it's very classic you know and and uh 
and you know he's like i can't connect with them and then they're connecting and it's like the you know the beautiful thing about like secret identities and and then you know he goes uh he goes well men of your generation you know, take way too long to address mental health issues and i was a little i i i got i got a little teared up at that point you know what i mean and and it was you know it's a jump off from that thing from the first spider verse movie where you know, he's like, there's that, you know, he's like, I love you, son. And he's like, you're saying it on the speaker from his cop car. And he's like, oh, dad, come on. You know what I mean? It's like those kind of really things. And in the end, whatever animation this thing has, it's those kind of moments of real, real heart. Well, that's what makes any Spider-Man movie good is the emotional right, right, heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the core, it's, it's Peter or it's Miles and it's their right. relationships to people you know, and the, to who they, they're trying to protect. Well, the, this movie is really dense thematically, too, like in terms of just how everybody in Miles's life is trying to get him to, like, conform to a certain thing. Like, the the first thing we see him do is that he's late to, like, a, a conference, like, with the student counselor and his parents who are discussing his future and how everybody has these ex- expectations for him as Miles, as Spider-Man, um even and we find out that him becoming spider-man was basically an accident it was never supposed to happen um but it did and he kind of just has to kind of come to terms with that um so stuff like that i really liked where he like the the big uh the big line in the movie where he tells miguel o'hara he's like i'm gonna do my own thing where nobody can really tell him what he's going to be. He's going to be who he wants to be. Right. So stuff like that is it's kind of crazy to, to think about, especially like in a kid, you know, people say like, oh, it's a kid's movie. But this is great stuff for like kids to watch and to like see and and adults and anybody to understand. So I think stuff like this is 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 great for for animation as a genre. Yeah. I mean, I, I took both my kids to see this and, and they loved it. And. Even Logan, who's who's six, he came home and, you know, my wife didn't come with us, but he was telling her things that were happening in the movie. And he's like explaining how Miles, you know, has to be Spider-Man. And, uh, you know, towards the end of the movie, he ended up in a different universe because that's what happened. And he, you know, he explained it in his six year old way. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, he explained it in a six year old way. And it. It amazed me how much of the movie he retained. He, yeah, he retained, right? He retained, right. yeah. Um, my my older son, he goes, Dad, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I knew how long the movie was, so it was about like halfway through. So I was like, Come on, I'll take you right now. Um, you know, I didn't leave Logan by himself. Another friend of mine came. My, my third son, Mike D. <laughs> <laughs> don't right. call Dyfus, listeners. Don't, I don't want call Dyfus. Uh, I'm an absentee father, right? But uh, so anyway, the, the funny story is, so me and Ryan ran out, we came back. And then after the movie, I said to Logan, I said, I can't believe you stayed here the, the, the whole movie. And he drank a slushie and everything. He goes, yeah, but dad, I got to pee now. He goes, but I wasn't getting up because I wasn't missing a minute of this movie. <laughs> and uh, that was like his, his thing. He was determined right. to sit there and nice. watch the whole thing. And he, he, he loved it. Before T saw the movie, um, you know, I told him, I said, I thought one of his favorite things was going to be the vulture. And the animation style oh, for the vulture in the yeah, beginning, and I want to ask okay, T on the. Okay. I haven't asked him since then. Okay. Was was that one of your favorites, T? No, my favorite thing was Spider Punk. 
Oh, yes. I hate the AM. I hate the, the PM. PM. Oh, my God. Prime Minister yes. Margaret Thatcher. The PM. Prime Minister Margaret Not Thatcher. Not even um, any any prime minister. Uh, like, Jesus. Uh, so, so cool. So, so, uh, so um, I, I, you know, I... I really, I, I really liked. I really liked the Vulture. I, I liked that there was just all this Jeff Koons and and they're trying to like oh, yeah, explain they, Jeff Koons in the movie, a Jeff Koons right? Statue. It had little little tiny I, doggies inside. Well, well, not a big fan of Jeff Koons, but I, I understand. I understand him. I understand his place in the and in, now, in and the now 20th for, century. Now for T's art corner, <laughs> right? You know, and you know. Uh, and I, I really did like that that kind of juxtaposition of of Leonardo da Vinci and Jeff Koons and, and like they're and, all that. Yeah. and they're all like they're just like slapping them together and smashing them. Uh, is is Jeff Koons pop art? That's, I think it's. I, I think that's 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 I, a not, version of pop art. If you, Jeff Jeff Koons is a, it's a, it's it's like post pop art. You know what I mean? It's it's gone to a different place. I think Jeff Koons brought it just, to a different place. Just to place. clarify, you can't be postmodern, but you can be post pop art. Apparently, you can be postmodern. You can be post pop art. You can, you can be trans. I don't know if anyone's called it that. As far as I, I trans avant garde. You can be tra- <laughs> post trans avant garde. You know what I mean? So there's such a thing as post trans avant garde. But anyway, uh, but I liked the connection. Well, you know. I think the only reason I would say that Ariane is, and we were not going to get into Jeff Koons too much, but like we, that we? <laughs> Andy Warhol, Roy Lichtenstein, that's pop art. Obviously, right. Jeff Koons the is, is, of pop is art. In, 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 but Jeff Koons is, 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 is his own thing entirely, but we won't get into that. I just wouldn't, I would, you know, I wouldn't. Anyway. I guess he is. <laughs> I guess he is. You're right. I guess he is. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that was the joke, right? If we're gonna get into it, that was the joke. Is that that um the vulture was drawn in a Leonardo da Vinci style, this very classic right, Vitruvian right, right. man type of thing, and he destroys this little this this modern pop art statue, and there's always this like fight between like classical. But wasn't there a joke like that? He said, "You call that art or something?" Yeah, like, that? like literally, like, like right, 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 right. No, yeah. in, in the film. A character is trying to explain Jeff Koons to another character. You know what I mean? So it's like it's 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 wonderful. It's, well, it's absolutely that's, that's wonderful. Definitely one of like those jokes for people who get it. You either get it or you don't. Right, you right, know? right, like, right, <laughs> like, right. Like 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 Spade's kids are not going to get that joke, but you know someone who someone who's cultured. And I love the vulture. I love <laughs> the me. idea. Not, not but... me, Ariane. <laughs> did that? Did it go over your head, Spade? No, I, I I got it. I was then an art fine. major, remember? Then you're, then you're plenty yeah. cultured. <laughs> Here's the only thing about... There's the only thing about the Vulture's Leonardo. The drawing style was so hectic. And I wouldn't describe... I mean, I, yeah, I but, don't, but that's not what I get from Leonardo. Right, right. I'm just saying... I'm just saying, What's there's that something style else with a postmodern so... twist on it. <laughs> Thank you. Buddy. <laughs> anyway, that's that. Hold that's on, what... wait. Hold on, I got something here. All right, uh, 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 Anthony, post these nuts. 
Anyway, <laughs> so. T, T, you can, you can, you can, you know, pull the thread all you want. I think the gist right. of what I they just, were going for was there. He asked, he asked me what I thought. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, We've been no, talking no, about no, Jeff Koons no, for the past like answering. eight minutes. Because it was a big part of the movie. It wasn't they, that big a part a, in the movie. It was, it was a, a big little thing at the movie. very beginning. It was, it was an action was, sequence it, that it went on very set long. Piece. It, it was, was a set piece of like the 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 animator saying we understand and we understand all the stuff that's going on in here with the art and they wanted to bring that art to other people in like say Jeff Koons and Leonardo and they wanted those ideas in people's head at the time. It was very intentional. I feel. Here's my favorite part of the movie. Um, uh, gosh, what did they call it in a movie? The 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 Manhattan the in the Indian Manhattan. What was it called? Mumbai Mumbai Mumbatten yeah that that part that whole just them being in there is so fantastic um and you know what spade you're gonna like this this is that that's that just that whole sequence on its own is a huge like um like a knock against multiverse of madness because you go to a different version of Manhattan that's what you want to see. You want to see like a whole right, new right, type right. of environment, you know? Exactly. They didn't, they didn't, exactly. They didn't right, right. you know, they didn't push the boundaries on that because they were focused on other things in the movie. But in this movie, they, they kind of did the whole enchilada. You know, they had um, a different universe. They had a different Spider-Man and, and he was cool. They had great energy. What a what real, like, joy, joyful character. Cool. Great actor. And uh, He was great. He, he was great. I like... I like to, I don't work out because I don't want to get too buff, right? You I don't, don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch my diet because I don't want to get too skinny or whatever you he was saying. Do you know the actor who did the, he was, um, he the was voice? Great. Yeah, it's uh, the cab driver from Deadpool. From, from Deadpool, yeah. Pavtir Pavakar. Really cool guy. And the whole yep. chai tea yep. fight was, no, apparently he, he, he ad-libbed that. Or not ad-libbed, but like. So the writers brought him in to be like, what stuff do you does does the bothers you about like that Americans get wrong about Indians? And that was one of the things he brought up, the chai tea thing. Um and so they they, they put that into the movie because of him. So I thought that was neat. Yeah, that that whole sequence I, I think is, you know, top three for for sure. I, I have to think because there's there's so much that happens in this movie. Um right. you know, and and I didn't really I'm usually pretty good with making notes, but I didn't make any notes today i figure we just wing it you know wait we are, we're supposed to make notes no but i usually have an outline to keep us moving you know how it goes you guys don't make <laughs> notes i know that i i, I wing it start, every single time i want to start bringing like a little notebook in the movie theater when we go the only thing is that it's hard to write in the dark you know no no i don't i don't mean i actually physically write notes in the movies like the next day i'll sit down on my computer and i'll just type like a little outline of like things i want to bring up and whatever i want to hit so speaking of voice actors, there is a lot of great people doing great stuff in here. Um, uh, one one standout is a- a- Andy Samberg as Ben Riley, the Spider Man so clone. So funny. That that was my favorite, and especially because Ben Riley's like really prominent in the Spider Man comics now. He is. So it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, he he came back around. Um, Just making yeah, fun he, of his he's... muscles is so funny. Jason Schwartzman as the the spot was spot on, you know, boom, boom, boom. He's um, good. I, 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 uh, Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara brings a real kind of like gravitas to the character. Playing his third Marvel character. Well, it's funny. Right. He, he was in 
the post credit for Into the Spider-Verse. But I don't think I don't know if we expected him to be such a big part in this movie. Well, from from the trailers, I thought he was going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. And let me tell you, friends and listeners, I'm not one to get thirsty on this show, but I have a thing now for Miguel O'Hara, and maybe it's the Oscar Isaac of it all, but I'm like, why do they draw him like that? Why? 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 This is, like, a problem for me now. Like, I was just like, okay, uh, wh- like, ah, like, I'm a fangirl now, so this is, look at Spade's face. He's just like, wow. What is okay, this? so so you brought us here. I'm going to say, here's my thirst quotient for this film. Miles's mom. She's very pretty. What? Move over, Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> what? Well, listen, Miguel O'Hara is the my thirst Jessica trap Rabbit. is realty. No, because why do they draw his butt like that? Like I'm like, wow, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Moving on. Let's keep moving going. On. Listen, I have to put up with you, the two of you. J.K. Simmons is back. He wasn't in the first one, right? Jamieson wasn't in the first movie. I, I, I couldn't remember. I don't think he was in the first one at not, all. You, you'll never know with him. He'll just, no, but you gotta that just was, assume that was a great be... surprise. And the big one is Donald Glover. Um, Donald Glover, as the that's oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. brought that in. But isn't that like a whole like full circle thing? Like, Didn't he directly inspire Miles in the first place? No. That's what I heard. He was... He, he was... He, they want... Really? No. I heard that, that, that he... he was kind of a direct inspiration for Miles because people wanted him as Spider-Man. But he was already like in his twenty. They they wanted him for Spider-Man, but he wasn't in. No, I, I don't think. I don't. I think. I don't. Know, Miles I think, Morales. Was I think around he was before. a fan cast for. That's Miles yeah, Morales. he was a fan cast. That's the yeah. thing. He was a fan cast. He was a fan cast, and it got like online traction. Like this has been a thing since like 2011. I want to say. Or 2010? Because I, I remember it being it on Tumblr when that was like a thing. That people were just like talking about it all the time. I mean, back then, probably when Miles Morales came out. But he, he's aged out of it. He's, he's too old for Miles now. I'm talking about before. Like before he aged out. Like I'm talking about even before he was on Community. I don't really know. Okay, okay. So, so, so no one knew who Donald Glover was before Community. Is that fair? Not really, because he was pretty popular as a writer. He was on Thirty Rock, and he and he was known on Thirty Rock. That's right. He's a write an old a writer for Thirty Rock, and he's going to inspire a superhero. When did when did Miles when was Miles Morales created? What year was that? Because because Community starts in two thousand and nine. Well, Miles Morales is from the Ultimate Spider Man run. He got his powers towards the end when they actually they killed Peter Parker. Um, that's a Brian Michael Bendis creation. Here we go. Miles Morales was created by writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Sarah Picelli. Bendis' thoughts about the character and the way he looked in his first appearance were heavily influenced by African-American actor Donald Glover's appearance in the Spider-Man pajamas, the second season premiere of the television series Community. So when oh, he showed up, went, right. so oh, okay. when he, okay, when he had enough, the PJs on in Community, that's what inspired the look for, for Miles. Uh, okay. So it's kind of like a full circle thing. Yeah, but he was already too old to play Miles in in when he was in Community. Right. He's right. way too but old. Don't, like don't forget, though. Don't forget, you know, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming as... Aaron Davis. Aaron the Davis. The Prowler. Right. Yeah, and he right. mentioned and, his and, nephew. Right. You know. His nameless nephew, and but and he, and he also was nameless. He never had a name either. 
But everybody just kind of connected the dots on their own. Right. And now don't forget, in the Brazilian version of No Way Home, at the end, there's, in Spanish, uh, Miles' mom calls Miles, and, and that's Peter's, like, next-door neighbor in the MCU. You guys oh. Say it again. What? 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 Okay. So there's a scene in Spider-Man: No Way Home in like the Brazilian version. You can look this up online. It's there's there's the actual scene, and there's characters speaking in Spanish, and the dub says it's Rio, who's and she calls Miles, and there's that's you know, a weird thing to open, have so in only hear. the Brazilian version. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was only the Brazilian version, but this is something that just came out like recently. So, uh, so yeah, Miles Morales is technically Peter Parker's neighbor in the MCU. But that doesn't make sense because Peter's from Queens, and Miles is from Brooklyn, <laughs> right? Yeah, but he can move. I don't know. I I think they just threw that in to be funny, but it doesn't make sense. They threw that in to be cute. It didn't really mean anything, you know? Especially if they're only going to have it in for the Brazilians. What about the rest of us? I'm trying to look it up, and then somebody's making Miles come in through one of those portals. It's like all these... I'm going down a YouTube hole. They had another little cameo with the with the bodega lady from, from Venom. I thought that was fun. Oh, yeah. Yep. That I, was I in it. That. that was cool. Yeah, yeah. That was really great. And you saw, like, they had, like, little clips from, like, other Spider-Man properties but not not the mcu only like the sony and you know the cartoons and stuff like that you know right i'm su- I'm surprised you enjoyed all the pandering ariani especially but with all the nepotism <laughs> involved i i can't believe it you're ridiculous considering how you hated it in no way home right i didn't hate it in no way home stop spreading lies about me <laughs> jesus <laughs> that's why i'm saying her. it to your face you're you can defend yourself <laughs> No, you guys are doing this to piss me off. Anyway. Whoa! When did I get into this, yo? I'm here, like, like getting lost in, like, Miles Morales thing on the thing. You're talking about the thing. Uh, I wasn't even paying I, I attention. I love that you and I get lumped in together, T, for, for no reason. Because <laughs> you both... I was being bad and wasn't paying attention to what you guys were saying. You, and you all both sudden, antagonize like... me, make me look out, make me look like I'm, a, like I'm being, like, a nitpicky meanie who hates Spider-Man, when I clearly don't. <laughs> I, Dude, you, that, you said it, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, because this it, this goes all the way back no, to Ariadne didn't put didn't up. put no <laughs> didn't put no way you, home no. in the top ten of that year. Yeah, because That's there were ten other things I liked. More. And it's just a bit. It's just a bit. It's just a bit. I don't know. I don't bit. know if it's a when bit this movie me. ends up in her top ten, I'm gonna be heated. I'm just letting you know. On fuego, Ariani. Like, like I was on What's vacation that? with you, and there's the there's the hotel on fire. <laughs> there's another. Wait, you get one more. You get one more shot at me, and then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll every time. <laughs> every time Mariani goes on vacation, something burns down. Stop. Yep. Stop, stop making this into lore. Natural disaster. This is not lore. This is not who I am. This is. Stop. Stop making me seem like I'm cursed. <laughs> I'm trying to get a date. Anyway. <laughs> well, it'd make it exciting. Not really. You know, it'd make it exciting. Not really. <laughs> go, go on vacation with Ariani and you no. might burn down. Just bring sunscreen. <laughs> Stop. Listen, definitely go out and go, go on a date with Ariani, but don't leave the country. <laughs> you, 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 you might not come you back. You may catch on fire. <laughs> 
All right. right. But no, nah, this is so. What? What else? What else? There's, this is again like the we're spot. talking. There's Let's talk about pack. the spot. Oh my right. god! Let's talk about the spot. The what main villain cool of the character. movie, who's not really the main villain because no one considers him the main villain. But guess what? He's but, the hey, villain. Hey, you know right? what? I think he is the main villain because he's the one who's actually causing actual trouble. You know, Miguel O'Hara is right. I think he's an antagonist. Antagonist. Yeah. antagonist. Yeah. Right. Right. But that—that's the joke with the spot, right? Because no one is really taking him seriously. And he's like, I'm going to destroy everything. That convenience store scene was great. You know, Miles not taking it seriously. The spot bumbling through. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and just such, like, you look, at a, you look at one of these comic book characters and you see their powers, but then you sit and think about it. And then this, like, I don't know if they got, like some kind of mime to rotoscope or some kind of body, like to all the kind of the, ways the he just stands there and stuff. contortion yeah. it, kind of like going through and trying to what great. And I'm like doing body things right now on a podcast. Um, so like, uh, what a great way later on in the film, he just becomes like globy floaty guy. You know what I mean? But like special effects guy floating, but like, at that point, like in the convenience store, it's just like you've been in a con- the people who did this been in a convenience store know what it's like. The mm-hmm. things on the shelves, the, the 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 texture of the whole thing, it feels like uh you know a, like a neighborhood in Brooklyn, yeah. right? It feels like New York, right? Right. But you know what, T, the way you described him is actually pretty funny because they someone suggested to the writers that the spot be the villain, and they kind of laughed it off. They're like. Aviarid was Aviar, like, right, use right. a spot, yep. right. Right, and the, the writers laughed it off, and then they actually thought about his powers, and they were like... Never listen to Aviarid. Well, for this, but you should have, because he was they right. Did. He did. He picked a, right? picked a great villain. And, and that's one of the things I love, and there's, again, I'll always go back to my favorite comic book writer artist was John Byrne um, back in the 80s. He would go, and in the 80s, he would go find all these the stupidest comic book characters that were dropped because they were so silly and he would just get them, dust them off, reimagine them, bring them back, give them a make new them costume cool. and be, make them cool, right? And But keep the, the, the keep the core of the character too, though. Keep the silliness. Don't, don't treat it as a joke, basically. Right, right, right. right. And give it, uh, you know, at those times in the eighties, he was he was one of the people who like like would talking about this bodega scene. One of the best, you know, it was an amazing um, fight scene in the Fantastic Four that he drew um, uh, with Ben Grimm versus one of the Heralds of Galactus, Terax the Tamer, when they were fighting Terax the Tamer and and Doctor Doom. That they had the fight in the supermarket and. The way they were go like the way they were going through the aisles and fighting, it was just like the detail of that and the, the kind of the real concern about what does a supermarket look like and feel like, you know? It was really it was really spot it made, on. It made it feel real and it gave it yeah, you know, something yeah, yeah. relatable. Like loved... if you were in a supermarket right. and this happened, what what would it really right. be like, right? Right, right. With these people who are like, you know, hundred ton you know tanks in the you know, of, right. of uh Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Basically, yeah. But Ariane, I think you were going to bring up the bagel stuff. You want to take that away? Oh, yes. So <laughs> my original intro before we wrote a, a a new pop standard. Climbing the charts, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. If I had a nickel 
for every time a multiverse was threatened because of a bagel, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice because we have everything everywhere all at once, where an everything bagel is basically sucking up the universe and threatening all is all of existence. And in this one, um, so in Into the Spider-Verse, there's a neat little moment, Easter egg, that kind of everybody brought up after the movie came out that there's a It seems to be everybody's scene. favorite joke from that yeah, movie. Yes, it's, it's really, it's, I mean, it's a funny joke where, you know, there's an action sequence and Peter and Miles are running away and Miles takes a bagel and he throws it at a, a scientist and it hits him in the head. And as it hits him, it does like one of like those action like words in comics and it says bagel like as it hits him and it's very small it's like so so tiny you can barely notice it you'd have to like really be looking for it and then that man who gets hit with the bagel ends up being the spot he he is so mad about miles hitting him with the bagel that he wants revenge and maybe this is where i'm was fighting sleep so he's also the person who took the radioactive spider from one universe mm-hmm. and brought it into Miles's universe. Right. Cuz Miles' universe had a Spider-Man and he's the person that died in the beginning of the first one, right? Right. And then he got bit by another spider and in that the first movie, the spider actually glitches, right? Right. Mm-hmm. There's a moment there where the spider glitches, right? So why why did the spot so the the spot after he was hit with the bagel, went and tried to find another spider from another spider. I'm, I'm a little bit confused about like all he that. He ended went up down. when everything happened. He ended up in the collider. Right, and he got the powers, but because Miles was there and caused all that trouble, he blames Miles. Miles was already bit by the radioactive spider. The spot says he brought the radioactive spider into this universe. He did that before. Yeah. He did that right, before. Right, so in a sequence got... of events, that happens before the first movie. Yes. Right, and so, so you know, yeah, I know, Batman and Joker create each other. So why was he bringing radioactive spiders to the thing? They were just messing around. Yeah, crazy scientists, yeah. scientists yeah. crazy scientists, yeah. Yeah. Right. you know, playing God. All right, all right, God. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he, here's a joke that I did not get until I think, was it yesterday or the day before? So remember in the in the in the counselor meeting Miles's parents they're talking about Spider-Man and Rio she just goes oh I heard he's Puerto Rican and then Miles just goes oh I heard he was Dominican the other (laughs) Miles that he meets at the end from the actual uh, what is it 42 universe or 48 yep whatever universe number it is that other Miles is voiced by Jarrell Jerome Um, and he is a Dominican actor which is great I was like oh is alternate Miles actually Dominican? That is, I thought that was a really great touch that they did. Because they could have very easily just had um, Shamik Moore voice other Miles, but they got a different actor to right. do it. But I guess, like, all the Peter Parkers are also done by different actors, too, right? Because wasn't Chris Chris Pine the Chris the Pine Peter is Parker the original died? one from Miles yeah. Universe that, yeah. That, that, that was killed. like, yep. he was like blonde and, and stuff like that. Yep. Because yeah, yeah. Jack Quaid voices uh one of the the, the Spider-Man. I think the the Lego one, right? I I don't know. I think who did the one Lego that... one. Oh, okay. Ra- Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Did a Peter? Yeah. No, Jack Peter Quaid. Parker. Jack Quaid. 
Ja- oh, Jack. Ke- I'm sorry, say, Jack. Like, wait, from, sorry. From I'm the sorry. voice. Yeah, yeah. That's what okay. I'm ja- so, Ariane, you know the story with the the Lego, the Lego universe. I thought this was one of the best stories ever. So, why don't you uh, tell, tell everybody about that sequence? So, the Lego sequence in the movie. It's pretty short, um, but great. Um, kind of like a, a little reference to the writers of the movie, Chris Christopher Lord and and Phil, Phil Lord. Phil Miller. Phil. Phil, Phil, Phil Lord, Phil and, Lord and Christopher Miller, they're the writers of the movie. They also wrote the Lego movie, um, which is... And they also got thrown off a solo movie, right? right. They were the direct, They were original right. directors of the solo movie, and they, right. um, they, they, they left for creative differences, whatever that means. Um, but A.K.A. Fire. <laughs> in any case... Um, so there's a little Lego sequence in, in Across the Spider-Verse, and it was animated by a 14-year-old kid. Um, you got to look up his name, give him the credit, because it's, it's amazing. Ariana, you said he animated the trailer in the Lego style, right? He The, the first trailer, oh, Pres, Preston, Preston Mutanga, 14 years old. So he, he did an animation of the first Across the Spider-Verse trailer completely in Lego. Um, and the filmmakers saw it and they liked it so much they hired him to do a, a little sequence for the movie. And they said that he was basically doing it like after school, after he was done with his homework. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's one of the coolest things probably to come out of this movie is is this animator getting a platform um, to do this stuff. And it it looked great too. Look completely awesome when you oh, yeah. watched it in a movie. Absolutely, it looked like it was like, the it was the Lego movie. Yeah, it looked like it was. Well, like, no, I mean, Lego, Le- Lego movies a little. The Lego movie is a little bit slicker. I like this because it was a little bit more. Well, I think because it was actual. It was a Lego little bit rougher. Versus, versus right, right, versus, um, right. CGI Lego. It looked great. I'm not taking anything away, but I think what it was better is because it felt so handmade. It felt tangible. Yeah. Right. 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 That, that that they you know. That they tried to go for with the 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 Lego movie, which they, which also great, you know, no 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 shame for them there. But it was a diff. There's a different texture to it. Yeah. For me, um, one of the other uh, alternate Peters was Peter parked car, which I was like, that is silly. That looks like. Well, that's the, that's the spider buggy from uh, from the old comics. That's straight yeah, out of the comics. It, what, I mean, what, all that stuff is, that is really like straight the out of the comics. 70s? Was that like a time where everything was a buggy? Wasn't there like a a, a, cart- a Hanna Barbera cartoon with a talking well, ba- buggy? Batman had his Batmobile. Spider Man needed his Spider Mobile. I guess so. Peter parked car. The Spider Buggy is an old thing. Like it's been around for a while. I remember that. What, what did you guys think of the Spider Society? I mean, it's pretty much like you know, Council of Kangs, Council of Reeds. It's, it's what the Multiverse of Madness should have been to bring it full circle to what you said before, Ariani. It's. Well, I don't think it should know, have been that much, but I liked how they did it in this. Um, no, I mean, in animation, you can get away with. with that's that the thing. Kind of you thing can get away with a more. little easier, you know. Peter Parth Carr would probably look pretty stupid in live action versus. Yeah. Oh anime. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but no, I was gonna say the the love and care given to every single Spider Man in. That sequence where there's just like, I would say thousands of them, really. They literally went and, and overturned every spider rock they could find. I mean, they, they even had um, Miles' roommate playing the PlayStation game on, on TV. Oh, yeah. You know they had I mean? the right, Insomnia right, Spider-Man yeah, yeah, like, yeah, too. Cool. And yeah. they had, it, they had yep. him labeled as Insomnia Spider-Man. 
for the um from the PS5 game. There you go. I did see one criticism. I did see one criticism of the movie, but I think it's like a premature criticism. I think it's probably going to be addressed in part two, um, where the whole thing with the what is it a canon event? The canon events mm-hmm. in, in in every Spider Man is that a captain close to Peter's life has to die. So that's Gwen Stacy's father or the equivalent, um, mm-hmm. or an Uncle Ben, you know type relative dying so a close relative um passing away and so in this case in for miles it would be his father well his his uncle aaron already died that was his uncle ben um and then for the captain it would be his own father somebody said i don't know if it was just somebody i've seen like a few people say that it's it's strange that all the spider people would attack Peter for wanting to prevent this to happen because you would think that they would they would sympathize with this kid wanting to save his own father but they have to like go after him because this this event has to happen in the spider person's life you would think that as spider-man they would want to save yeah but the reason is because it'll break the multiverse because the natural order of events right that that's what the consequences are no of course i understand no i know but but Right, but think about in No Way Home. That was a consequence. The consequence of of not sa- of saving the villains was stuff, you know, the multiverse being destroyed or whatever. And Peter still did it, even though there were consequences to it. So that's well, the thing. Well, saving like, the villains killed Aunt May. Right. Is is what happened. Right. So there is a consequence to these sorts of things. Um, but I think what might happen in part two is that. I mean, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, Miles already has um, spider people on his side. He has his old friends from Into the, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Um, he has Peter and Mayday. Oh, my God. I love Mayday so much. She was good. She was good. Straight out of the comics also. So cute. Um, but I think what's going to happen possibly in the second movie is that the other spider people are going to rally to try and save Miles' dad. To like break break the cycle, break the cycle. Right, right, and they already rallied. So, so I guess it's that's like I, I guess it's kind of like a necessary evil, right? Because they're saying, you know, key events or anchor events. This isn't everything. Yeah, you know, but they if have it's the your, same if concept. It's your own dad, they have the same. You're like, you're like right, so that. it's the same <laughs> concept as. Yeah, but it's the it's the Spock thing, right? T the needs right, of the many the same outweigh the, co- yeah, right. the few right, right, or the right. one, and Bertrand, you know, those right. guys. Right, but, but when I mean, you're what what's the philosopher kid. again that you? But right, right, and I get it. But here's my greater point. Jeremy Bentham, right? That's the philosopher. But Jerry, I said Bertrand Russell. Yeah. I was saying. But anyway, so um, right, it's a story need, right? Is it a weak spot in the film? sure right that all the all these spider people and like let's take a think about but they're going through this all the time what is it it you know again it's one of those i mean i like the idea if you want to destroy my sweater you know what i mean i i love the canon event idea because it works it's just like that's that's the joke that we said there's no dead people in comics except for uncle ben and batman's parents you know that 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 stuff and they bring them back too so no i know but like still like that has to they used to say bucky they used to say bucky yeah um but like but but like 
It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I get it. You're right. You know, but the movie itself is poking at how ridiculous that is, right? Because you have Spider-Man on the couch talking to a therapist, Spider-Man. He's going, let me guess. He died. You know what I mean? So they know that that it's a joke within a joke of ridiculousness. You know what I mean? But But at the same time. Let's let's talk about Spider-Punk breaking the cycle. He is he is what a what a perfect encapsulation of that character he's just like not interested in the status quo i love i love I right, love, right, right. i love him telling mayday take your crap on the establishment i salute you like he's just he's like yes <laughs> he, he he wants no, he, to break. he was great and he's just and i what is it like who i forget who he is i think jessica drew tells him he's like she's like hobie you're not helping he's like good like he he wants to shake things up you know he, he's there for anarchy how do you look cooler with the mask off? <laughs> oh, and, and, and Miles being jealous of him because Gwen um, borrows his sneakers. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh, I was in a band. You left your coat at my at my he's flat. Like, oh, right, or something like what? that. <laughs> no, so Daniel cool. Kaluuya, right, does the voice? Yeah, Daniel which I didn't even know it was him until after the movie. You know what? I knew he was going to be in the, the movie, credits. and I forgot. I completely forgot, but I just, I loved it. Loved it so much. I think he's my favorite character. It's like between him and Miguel O'Hara, I'm just like. Too late. I already said it was my favorite character, so you got to pick another one. Oh, Sorry, I mean, Ariani. Sorry. Oh, you know, Sorry. <laughs> All right. Grow up. <laughs> it's like, I want to be. I want to be the Red Power Ranger. That's what he's doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ariani. <laughs> Anyway, go um, ahead, go ahead, Spain. <laughs> no, I was, I was gonna say he was great. Miguel was great. I, I thought Haley Steinfeld as, uh, as Gwen Stacy was really good, um, and I liked that in the beginning they really set it up from her perspective, and uh, you know you got a good what, fifteen minutes before you even saw Miles. It was just basically like all her story, and uh, yeah, right. I, I liked that. That was a good little twist because I was, I was actually wondering if it was gonna end up being more her story at some point, but it seemed to be pretty balanced like, between they felt like miles, like co they felt like co-lead characters in co-leads the movie, right yeah good. yep the bands the the very very opening scene she just like tells you what happens in the entire movie yep yeah but but you know she just kind of like plots it out i, right? I had yeah. a tough time hearing that because the sound mix was like really tough to, to hear the audio anytime there was any kind you of music what? playing when the dialogue you, was going where, where were you watching it at the movies which one? Like which movie theater? Uh, where did I? Carousels. I saw it. Uh, it's the bulbs. My <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to set up the joke, and you wouldn't even give me that. Damn it. Well, what I said at the movies, you could have said it's probably the bulbs, and you know that would have worked probably yeah, even the better. Movies, yeah, you know, you you were like, what's he, what's T trying to do? Oh, yeah. That's what the, that's what the the tone of but, your voice is. But what's they they actually put out do? another cut of the movie with with different sound mixing. I heard. I heard that yeah they 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 did that yeah I remember I remember being like wow I, I'm having a hard time hearing that but just during that scene there was a couple times during the action sequences where it was a little tough the only trouble I had was with Hobie because of his accent and because like he kind of like mumbled a little bit you know um, I saw somebody put out a video with only his parts with subtitles on it so I was like oh okay that's what he's nice yeah, I mean, um, I'm super excited to see this again. I'm, when this comes out, I'll definitely pick up a copy for for sure. I know my kids are dying to see it again. But, um, you know, obviously this is going to lead into a sequel. So let's talk about the ending of the movie, right? So when did you guys realize that Miles was in a different 
universe altogether. Pretty much when when they realized it, like I had that same kind of realization. Yeah, too. yeah like, me too. Like it was one of those things that they set up and they paid off so perfectly. It was really well done how how they paid that off. Or like I think when when he was in his, when the when he was in the other universe, and I think were, were things like glitching or was he glitching? Like I think he glitched at one point, but I don't think they revealed that it was a different. Like I don't think you were supposed to know. No. Or I think you were supposed to know that it was a different universe already. I don't know if it was like it's it's probably going to be one of those things where when you watch it again, you'll pick up on it right away. Because when I'm watching it, I'm like, I, I'm so like invested into what's happening that I didn't realize that. Oh right, his spider blood is not from his own universe. But of course, like it's the stuff that they tell you. They plant those seeds, and you just forget because so much is happening. So much is yeah, this is a watching heavy this movie, movie in terms of content like, and all that stuff for the sure. The experience of watching this it's movie thick. Was, it's a thick film with a lot. It's a it's lot like it's it's there's dense with a lot. Yeah, right. even now I'm having a tough time like recalling stuff. You know, I mean there was a freaking dinosaur Spider Man in this movie. Oh my you know god, what I mean? that was right. so cool. You know, <laughs> and just kind of forget about it. I don't know anything else you guys want to bring up or you want to talk about or, I mean, so Miles Miles is tied up, right? Miles is tied up, and uh, that's kind he's of where they He's about to. He's about to. He's about to. His little electrical tingle in his thing. He's about to blow those chains off. But, right. Um, so, so you know, he's in a universe where there's no Spider-Man, and he becomes the Prowler, right? So. Right. So you would imagine that it could be wrapped up with a whole another action sequence. But what are they gonna put in? Let's imagine it's another two hour plus film. Let's say two hours. Give them. A, they might go deep into this other Miles Morales spider. They might really sit and flesh him out and give, because you know that's part of the that's part of the um, the style of it to give these origin stories, right? And and I mean, it makes for a better villain if you understand where he's right, coming from. Right, right. So that that you know? you 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 feel for this other this other Spider Man, right? You go in and you feel this other Spider Man now the he's brought there because of his blood so this guy never became spider-man because the spot stole the spider from his universe so right he could have been a spider-man he could have been a good guy right because right. gwen's peter turns into the, the lizard, lizard right right so does peter go bad if he doesn't become spider-man right Is he where's, like... where's peter in this universe right 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 I actually want to bring up one thing because I was just, I happened to be on IMDb and I'm like, okay, one of the co-directors, because this movie has three co-directors. One of the co-directors, I knew his name. Like, it looks so familiar to me. His name is Joaquim dos Santos. He's Portuguese. And I'm like, what what do I know his name from? He was one of, like, the big writers on the DC Justice League animated series. Like, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And, oh, in the Dinnyverse. Yeah, and, and I don't Avatar. know about you guys, but he I did, did Avatar. Well, I never watched Avatar, but I did watch a lot of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh, Voltron. Avatar... Yeah. I, okay, so I he's very loved... big in the animation. Yeah, but I love those shows, and I, for, I've I've said for the longest that DC live action movies should have gotten like those writers on board, like doing the stuff for these characters because they wrote them so well. So, I, I, guy's a really good writer, and apparently a really good director too. So, 
uh, I'm excited for the for the next one. It should be coming out like what, like February next year. I'm sure you could probably look it up on IMDb, right? It would it would have a date. I mean, I would imagine it's probably the same time next year. Oh, here we go, March 29th, twenty twenty four. Oh, Ariane, I know you, you you like the actress who who voices uh, uh, Jessica Drew or Jess Drew, right? I think it's technically oh, the character's name. Oh, that's um Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. She's super right. pretty. Yeah, I liked her HBO show. Oh, um, Insecure. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first couple of seasons of that. Yeah, she's gonna be in a Barbie movie. She's gonna be um, President Barbie. In a Barbie movie or the Barbie movie? The Barbie movie, but she's playing a Barbie. Because oh, a many, Barbie and the Barbie. Okay. There's many Barbies. Everybody's named Barbie. But I thought she had friends that were different. No, no, we're talking well, about Well, that's the thing. Ones. Every Barbie has a different job. And, and, and Issa Rae is going to be the president. Anyway, we're taking tea to see it because Margot Robbie's in it. And she's his favorite actress. And you know how much I love her. She, like, you know, the depth of her. <laughs> is she going to get announced as Sue Storm soon or what? We don't know. Just so we can get T's reaction. That will be amazing. <laughs> anyway. Hopefully, when 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 across this, or beyond the Spider Verse comes out, um, we we can actually all see it together, witness it together. Um, that that would be the plan. It'd be nice. Yeah, and we'll see where it lands on our top ten this year. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Not All Pods. Visit us on our website at notallpodcastwearcapes.com. And send us an email, notallpods at gmail.com. Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks. We could cut that one out because we got a song going on, right? <laughs> Webs are flowing out my wrist and sticking to this sequel. They crawl slowly as they thwip their way across the Spider-Verse. Not all podcasts wear capes. My mom nice. started coughing. My mom, I don't know if we your, could your get my mom coughed. coughing. Yeah, right at the second of the last word. You want to do it? Should I do it again? Yeah. Should I do it again? Get another shot. All right. Okay, try to do it one more time. Go ahead. Right, well, my mom's moving around there. <laughs> T's gonna look at his face like he's gonna say, Ma, shut up. <laughs>